Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately, my life has gotten way, way, way more busy, and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Y'all, do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli, and it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor, they make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious, Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off. That's code comingoutpod50 at factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50. Get 50% off! Bye. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
Hey, everybody. This is Lauren and Nicole. Uh, We just wanted to speak to you before the actual episode to let you know uh, some exciting news. We have decided to take on a sponsor. Mm -hmm. An unofficial. Yeah. The most unofficial capacity right so now usually a sponsor will get in touch with you uh we are turning that notion on its ear and we've decided just of our own free will uh to promote this particular company because we feel that they have long since been unofficial sponsors of the queer community yeah yeah uh, in particular the female queer community uh we're speaking of course about birkenstocks Yes, Birkenstocks, uh, a favorite of every Vermont lesbian. Oh, absolutely. Um, worn in all temperatures, not just a summer shoe, wear them in winter, maybe with wool socks. No one's going to judge. No, I was just about to say, they, they may be the only sandals where socks are expected. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Not only uh, not frowned upon, but literally applauded. I know that when I bought my pair, because of course I have some, mm-hmm. um, I bought the clogs. I have oh, um, sure. gr- grayish, like the grayish clogs. It's and a good I, color. Yeah, I bought them um, a size too big because I was instructed by the person at the store to buy them big in case I wanted to wear them with giant wool socks. That is smart. That mm-hmm. I think that person was on our team, mm-hmm. if you get my drift. Mm-hmm. I've only worn them a couple times because it turns out that advice was not real savvy for Southern California. Yeah. But that is neither here nor there. The point is, Mm -hmm. wear them with socks. Wear them without socks. Either way, it's like wearing an indigo girl on each foot. Yeah. And who wouldn't want to do that? Your left foot can be Amy. Your right foot can be Emily. Or vice versa. Your left foot can be Emily. Your right foot can be Amy. There's only a few ways to mix it up, but you can mix it up. You absolutely can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, you're really also representing the 90s, I think. Yes. In a pretty big way. Yes. Yes. It's, there, a, it's a throwback to Lilith Fair. Sure. There there was a while there when, uh, when straight people, or breeders, as we call them in our community, were also wearing Birkenstocks. They they burst into the mainstream. They 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 burst. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't go to a fish concert and swing a dead cat without hitting a pair of Birkenstocks. Yeah, and that's what most people are doing at fish concerts is just <laughs> swinging dead cats. So that was left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um so this is all to say um thank you thank you Birkenstocks for just being uh who you are yes. and 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 letting us be who we are for all these years. And if you are so inclined to make your sponsorship official, uh, just please reach out to us. Uh, We will accept, obviously, cash, credit, Venmo, PayPal, but also maybe just pay us in your fine product. I know that I could certainly use a pair of Birkenstocks with with summer here. I've always wanted a pair of brown ones. I've never had a pair of brown ones, and I I feel, yeah, I want to get them to the point where they're just so worn Mm -hmm. that they're floppy. You know, oh, that sounds that sounds delightful. Yes. You want your shoes to be floppy. Uh, so balls in your court, Birkenstocks. We've put ourselves out there. So thank you so much. And um, to everyone else, uh, enjoy today's episode. Oh. 
Hi, everybody. Hey, guys. Welcome. Hi. Oh, yes. Hello. Get in there. Uh, welcome to Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole. I'm Nicole. I'm Lauren. This is a weekly podcast uh, where we talk to queer folks from all walks of life, and they tell us the tales of how they came out to friends, family, and the world at large. Because who doesn't love a coming out story? And you heard, you heard, uh, that was a little teaser of the third person in this closet. Mm-hmm. So now do you want to... <laughs> Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by Kira Ferrari. Um, she, We actually know her from the LGBT Center, uh, and we... I just, as soon as I started hearing a little bit of her story, like begged her to come on the podcast. So Kira, thank you so much for being here. It didn't take too much of <laughs> an arm twist. I know, but still I was like, um, do you mind please? Uh, yeah. So thank you again for being yeah, here. Thank you. Yeah, I love coming out stories. Yes. Right? As do we. What do you love about coming out stories? Whenever I feel like I need to cry, I go on YouTube and... Search for a coming out story. Oh, it's, yes. it's guaranteed to make me cry. Oh, that's so and true. If I can't find one, I, I look for proposal stories. Oh, that's Those will so make me great. Cry as well. Oh, yes. I, I can't even help it. Like when my friends um, like post proposal stuff, even if I'm not close to them, I'm like, no. <laughs> because it, well, it's exciting about coming out stories or proposals or whatever. It's like because you're seeing a huge event in someone's life mm-hmm. that like where after that moment happens, everything is going to be different. Yeah. It's like that. It's yeah. just that you get to witness. It's so moving and it's just a peak emotion time. <laughs> you know. And I love that we have access them. I was just uh, the other week in the women's coming out workshop is uh, one of the women was talking about like, and, and they said something like, I'm not even sure how I would, I would start something like that. And first, obviously, I referred them to our podcast. But then I was like, you know, you can also watch a ton of coming out stories on YouTube. because It's just so great that you have people talking about it. And also, uh, I referred them to, have you seen the one where this this teenage boy, he actually tapes himself doing it on his laptop? That's my favorite one. That one made me cry. Have you seen this, Nicole? Uh, I'm not sure I've seen that one. Oh, yeah. There's probably multiple. Yeah, there's this teenage boy. And he's like looking in the laptop and he goes, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell my mom. And then he just like positions the laptop and then you watch him in real time come out to his mom. It's so beautiful. Oh my God. But yeah, it's amazing that we have access to that now in a way that we never Do you have a favorite one, Kira? Uh, Not really. No, it's just anyway. yeah. yeah. Solve them. It's like oh. pizza. Even when yeah. they're bad, they're good. Um, so, Kira. So then, how do you identify? Uh, as a transgender woman, lesbian. Okay. Cool. Right. Nice. So, All right. Thank so you. the the L and the T of the uh, LGBT. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, you've got you've got the the sandwich, the sandwich. two slices of bread. Yeah. The, of what I just coined the LGBT sandwich. <laughs> You're welcome, world. <laughs> And ironically, in my family, I'm also one of the two ends. Oh, really? Yeah. What? So, wait. So, what? It, so, explain that. Uh, I'm yeah. uh, one of six children. I'm the oldest. Oh, you're the oh. oldest. Uh, it used to be boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, boy. Then my youngest brother came out as gay. Oh. And then about a year later, I came out as transgender oh. and lesbian. So, now it's... uh. Girl, girl, 
boy, girl, boy, boy. <laughs> and the two ends are LGBT. Oh, yes! that's great. That's oh, that's great. so cool. Oh, my gosh. Are you close with your brother who came out? Um, the closest to him, yeah. Years before he came out, I had a suspicion that he was gay. Oh, you did? Yeah. And I go, I think he's gay, but I'm not going to out him. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then one Christmas, I'm talking to my mom, and she goes, do you know your brother's gay? I go, no, I didn't know. I suspected it, but I didn't know, and I'm glad for him. Aww. And as soon as I hung up with my mom, I called my brother. Congratulations. Oh, so I bet he appreciated that so much. Yeah. yeah. Sibling, like, sibling bonding that way. And it was something I forgot about my actual coming out story and that I kicked myself for afterwards. This keeps happening, right? Where yeah. we're like, we're hearing other people's stories or something and you'll be like, ah, oh, damn, I forgot that detail. <laughs> we'll, do like, yeah, we'll do a sequel. Like, yeah, we'll do the <laughs> second part of our coming out story. But, um, but no, one really crucial thing I forgot was that like, my sister had overheard, and this was before I came out to my parents, my sister had overheard me talking to a friend of mine on the phone about everything. And like that night when we, we shared a, a bedroom and that night, like we were on our way to sleep and she was like, Nikki. And, and she just, and I was like, yeah. And she goes, I know. <laughs> and I was like, Ugh. and I like knew what she meant. And she was like, and it's totally okay. And I love you. And I was like, Oh my God. And it just made all the difference in the world to have a sibling. It does. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Just have like the support of, of that other person. And like, no matter then what your parents think you have that person at your blood who's saying that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So, okay. So that that brings us to your story. My story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like I knew that I was different very early on. Uh, I remember second grade, I sat down for recess. They were separated as boys, girls. I sat down and I had just this intense feeling I'm not like them. Mm. I got up and went and joined my sister with all her friends. (laughs) And from that point on, I had lunch with my sister and her friends. Um, But I didn't know what it was. Around uh, my teenage years, I read Conundrum. It's the autobiographical uh, story of a transgender woman. And I find it, found it fascinating, but I still didn't make the connection. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, How did you come across that book? Uh, my dad was a college professor. Oh. And uh, we lived in uh, faculty housing. So we had access to all the, the faculty uh-huh. that would have... Uh, book exchanges yeah and so i'm just grabbing books that sound interesting and reading them oh that's and so interesting but you didn't happened. you you weren't like you didn't like piece anything together no. you were just like this is a great book oh it's no in fact i read it how you had to be a uh, full-time as a woman for one year before you could move on and i'm going that's not something i could do huh huh then in college um i took human sexuality I was the only student who stayed to the end of a uh, SRS uh, movie. Uh, everybody else walked out. Wait, what What's is this? Yeah, what is SRS? Uh, sex reassignment surgery okay. or oh, wow. gender confirmation surgery. They Got use it. different names. And, and, and they walked out? Yeah. Well, and what, if you don't mind our asking, what year was this? 
this was in the uh, early 80s. Okay, cool. And where were you? At, the- at USC. At USC, yeah. okay. Yeah. And uh, after I graduated, I um, found some birth control pills. And I figured, well, I wonder what it feel like to take them. Hmm. So I took a couple, and then uh, my breath started budding, and I panicked. Uh-huh. And I go, what are people going to think if I have breasts? So I stopped. Then throughout the years, I would get the urge to dress as female. So I'd buy all the clothes. I dressed for a couple of weeks. Then I'd stop, throw everything out. So it was kind of buy and purge, buy and purge. Mm-hmm. Then the last time that I did, I kept the clothes. I go, this is cyclical. So um, it was uh, probably late 2014, early 2015. I don't remember the exact date. Because uh, I have been thinking of transitioning from my current job as a lawyer to healthcare. So I found out Children's Hospital Los Angeles mm-hmm. has uh, Grand Rounds, which is where a doctor comes and presents something for all the residents and other doctors. And they had the schedule published publicly. So I go, hmm, I'm just going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the very second one that I went to was uh, Dr. Um, Olson Kennedy presenting on transgender children. Wow. She has this huge abacus that she uses to help the children die, basically assess how they feel or they, they move the, the beads to tell her. Oh, um, wow. On each category, how female or male they, they are. That is so. Did she in, invent and that or is that a technique that's being used that I just didn't know about? It's somewhat similar to the um, gingerbread person. Oh, I lo- that's my favorite. Yeah. I love that. I have yeah. that on my phone. What? You, no. This is before you came on as a facilitator, but um, they do these, these like free workshops, come if you can, for the facilitators, and they did one, like I went to one on bisexuality, and for the transgender one, they showed us this graphic of this thing called the gingerbread person. Yeah. Do you want to talk? We it, can both talk about it. It basically discusses how there is one level that's the brain, one level that's the heart, one level is the genitals, and the third level is how you Yeah, you, like present, how you I present. think, just your visual okay. appearance. So Dr. Olson uh, invited people to try out the abacus, and I'm sitting in the audience and I go, well, I've got to be at work at 8. Huh. At 9, uh, this thing goes till 9, so I'm not going to do it, but if I did it, <laughs> all that would show is that I have a very strong female side. Yeah. <laughs> So, but it stayed in my mind. And then a couple months later in May of 2015, I'm watching this series, uh, No Girls on the Block. It's about six transgender women in Kansas City. And then next to the last episode, I was laughing and crying with with the characters. And I go, I've never identified so strongly with anybody before. Why am I identifying with her? Because it was one of the transgender women was coming out to her mother. It's a reality Yeah, it's a reality show. Um, it was just one season, six episodes, five episodes. So that night I'm going, this has to mean something. And I started going through my life, going back and back and back. I go, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And then I go, oh, shit, I must be transgender. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, well, I'll start changing slowly so people maybe won't notice too much 
and uh, I won't go full time until sometime next year. So I spent like the next couple of weeks just trying to figure out what, what I was going to do. But the more I thought about it, the more I knew it was inevitable that was, it had to come out. And I usually go to the beach on Sundays. So I went on one Sunday, and uh, my friend Mila, she goes, I've never asked you, but do you like boys or girls? And I go, I like girls, but there are issues. Mm-hmm. She goes, issues with, with them? And I go, no, issues with me. She goes, oh, okay. She goes and does whatever she was going to do with her boyfriend. About five minutes later, she comes back. She sits down. She says, sit, talk to me. What are the issues? <laughs> and I go, well, I'm pretty sure that I'm transgender. She got up and started celebrating. Oh, wow. And uh, then she goes, next Sunday, bring a skirt. So the following Sunday, I brought a skirt in my, in my um, backpack. And I go, I got the skirt. She goes, well, what are you waiting for? Put it on. <laughs> I put it on and I felt so free. And I was did. that the first? That was the first time in public. In public, yeah. And I was right at the beach yeah. in May, so there were like tons of people. And I didn't care. I do aerial. So she had a rig and she wanted me to show her something, so I had to take the skirt off. Oh, like the, the aerial, like the, the silks, aerial silks when you're yeah, like, silks. Yeah, Oh, we should talk so about cool. that. Yeah. That's awesome. So I, we were get that. She grabs my skirt. She starts putting it in the backpack. I go, no, give it to me. Oh, put yeah. it back on. Oh. And from that point on, I would, as soon as I left work, I'd change. I mean, I'd change in the parking structure. Huh. Wow. And, uh, and then a few weeks later, Friday morning, I get to work, and I'm already looking at the time. How many more hours before I can go change? Wow. That's not going to work out. I got to go full-time. So I went full-time at 6 p.m. on July 2nd of uh, 2015. Wow. And I haven't looked back. Oh, that's a- And where do you work? We, I don't know. I, that time, I used to work for a, an immigration firm downtown. Currently, I work for an immigration in Century City, and come August, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, because you're you're transitioning from being a lawyer, correct? Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to go to med school, and I'm so I've resigned because I've been admitted to the pre med program oh, at USC. That's oh my gosh! But I need to find a co-signer for the student loans. Got it. Yes. So if anybody is out there, like an eccentric millionaire <laughs> listening to this podcast, I mean, uh, co-sign yeah, student uh, loans, please. Get some good deed points. You know, I think it's really interesting how people, when they come out, after they come out, it's like you brought this up at the at the mixer the other night, that everything starts changing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, all, you know, suddenly you're like, actually, I want to do this whole other thing with my life because I was burying that before with everything yeah. else. Mm. So, like, was that your experience of that? That was what happened with my interest in medicine. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I knew my dad was not going to be accepting of things. Uh, he was very religious, very strict. Uh, so I essentially cut him off, and anything he suggested, I would do the opposite. <laughs> and he had suggested a possible career in medicine. So, of course, I didn't pursue medicine. I went 
with what he would least approve of. <laughs> so I wanted to be a movie director. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good <laughs> yep, way to piss yep. off parents. Yep. Anything in the entertainment so, industry. <laughs> so that's basically what I went to college for. Uh, I was not able to get into the cinema school, so I went broadcast journalism, thinking, well, it's similar. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly the same, but it's similar. And then, of course, I couldn't find a job in journalism. It was uh, a couple of years after I graduated. I go, well, I'm not going anywhere. I should go back to school. And I go, I have some interest in law. I have interest in medicine. Which one should I choose? And I go, law, three years, I'm done. Medical school, pre-meds, four <laughs> years, residency. Mm, law it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I went to law school. I've never enjoyed what I do. Oh, God. Uh, my passion so has sorry. always been medicine. I've always somehow gravitated to the medical uh, libraries at the different universities. Mm. Uh, I had gone on websites that catered to doctors, uh, podcasts that catered to doctors, mm. and they got me thinking, okay, I need to go into healthcare. Yeah. So I started figuring out whether I could transition to healthcare management. And that's how I went, ended up with a children's hospital. Hmm. Uh, but after I transitioned, I'm going to therapy at the LGBT center. And I obviously was talking medicine all the time. Because <laughs> one of the therapists goes, you should consider becoming a PA. PA is physician assistant. And I'm thinking, well, PA? I don't think I want to be a PA. But again, it stayed in my mind. Yeah. (laughs) A couple weeks later, I go, I should at least look into it. (laughs) So I go on the internet. I go, PA, I have to do the pre-meds. The program is three years. Med school is just four years. Might as well go to med school. (laughs) So then I started looking for pre-med programs. And uh, the only one that, I uh, qualified for and that uh, seemed supportive was the one at USC. So I just applied to that one. Yeah. And I got in. I was asked to refer to this fall and take a couple of classes at UCLA to get ready. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I've done that and now I'm ready, but I, except for the finances. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't know. This kind of, I feel like, proves in so many ways that, you know, coming out is almost never just a a coming out Mm -hmm. regarding your gender or your sexuality it's a it's a coming out it changes you yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i used to be i used to have depression Mm -hmm. once i came out that was gone i was able to get off my antidepressants um yeah i was going through therapy before this but when i realized i was transgender my therapist was on medical leave Oh gosh! So I had nobody to talk to. Oh god! Is that at what point did you find the center, the group uh, at the center? After I was full time. Okay. Oh okay. Yeah. uh, So basically, I I would go on on YouTube, and I had uh, a bunch of uh, transgender women that I was following, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's how I dealt with coming out. I have two questions. One is. You know, during the years where you would do the buy and purge, right? The buying of all the clothes, purging of the clothes. Yeah. Um, when you were purging the clothes, what what was the impetus for that? Like, what was sort of the thing that was running through your head 
it going, I can't have all of this? I'm not sure. I was more like the intent, this dysphoria would diminish. So I kind of felt I no longer needed it. Mm. And then the, the dysphoria would come mm. back and I'd redo all of, everything all over again. Got it. Um, what was interesting, though, is uh, as soon as I made the first appointment with my doctor to, try, to start medically transitioning, the next morning I woke up and I go, I feel really weird this morning. Kind of like I'm empty inside. Mm. And I go, that's not it. And it took me a while to figure it out. I, I was at peace for the first <gasps> hour. Wow. So, wow. So, yeah, it, it, coming out changes you a lot. At least for me. <laughs> wow. Oh, and my second yeah. question is, um, I don't know if your parents are still alive. Uh, my dad is not. My mm-hmm. mom is. I haven't come out to my mom because uh, she's in her 80s. I'm not sure how she's going to take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because from uh, what I understand, parents tend to go through a grieving period. Yeah. Oh, um, and I'm not sure how, how she would take that. Yeah. But uh, I think everybody else in the family knows. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I came out formally to my youngest brother and to one of my sisters. Uh, my other brother and sister live with my mom, so I didn't come out formally to them. But my sister friends friended me on Facebook, so she knows my postings. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's responded positively to, to my postings. Mm-hmm. And my other brother friended me on uh, LinkedIn, so he, I've got a picture of myself mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, so he's obviously seen that. Yeah. Um, and I came out to a couple friends in person, but when I go, this is not going to work, I, go, I don't have time to come out to each person individually. Sure. Yeah. So I just did a post on Facebook. Yeah, yeah that's the so. modern way. People announce divorces on and Facebook. Like, that's what we're yeah. doing now. Yeah. And I did it as a story a long, long time ago. And the whole thing. Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. That's great. Oh, that's cool. And you, you would you say you've had a, a largely positive response from your... Everything has been That's positive. fantastic. I um, mean, my first day at work... I was very nervous because I didn't know how the clients or the other mm-hmm. people on our floor were going to react. At the end of the day, I actually ran into one of the girls who worked for one of the businesses on our floor going into the, the women's room. So, and uh, we ended up talking for like an hour, an hour and a half. Oh, wow. And then the next morning, she had told everybody at her company and one of her coworkers on, on the phone, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, every, everybody was uh, very supportive. I, I even bumped into people on the street, and they offered me advice. Wow. Oh, wow. So I, I went to lunch one day, and a woman stopped me and says, you should wear some lipstick. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> was this like, a transgender oh. woman or a cis woman? Or I or is it just whoever comes up to you? Yeah. Somebody random. But random people just yeah. come up to you. And, that's amazing. and then another woman wanted to take a picture with me. <laughs> uh, okay. So the only thing that my past is somewhat negative, and I don't even consider that negative, was uh, after on Sundays after we leave the beach, we usually go and have dinner. And we went to dinner, and I noticed these two women were looking at our table. 
And this was right after I went full-time. Mm. So I'm going, I think they're wondering what I am. So I kind of just put it out of my mind. Then it got time to leave. My friends leave the restaurant. I go to the restroom because um, I had a half an hour drive, so mm. I didn't want to have to pee in the middle of the trip. And I come out of the restroom, one of them is standing right outside. And she just gave me this look, and I go, what? She goes, are you a man or a woman? Mm. Oh. And I'm a transgender woman. And she goes, oh, okay. And that was the extent oh. of it. Can I ask about age range? Like, how, are we talking older woman uh, people? Or? She was probably in her 30s, 40s. Oh, wow. That's, that's interesting so. to me that someone would ask that. Story. It's so interesting because we were kind of talking about this before, but the idea of like intent behind a question, because yes. sometimes the intent is is fine, but the phrasing is off yeah. so yeah so that could have literally meant like i do not often see people who who look like you i would like to widen my worldview and know what but it comes out as like are you a man or a woman like what a shitty way to ask a question unfortunately yeah. even if your intent is good it's like you gotta learn to phrase that better yeah or, yeah, I mean, or I, not I ask I was it not unsafe because yeah. everybody sure. in the restaurant yeah. know me from before i transitioned and they know me after i transitioned so i knew they they would have support yeah something happened and my friends were just outside the restaurant yeah so i do try to like um this reminds me of a story in the women's coming out group it's uh there was a woman who who she talked about she came in one day and she's like oh i finally came out to like the last friend who was kind of like on my list, you know, how you sort of have a yeah. list. Um, mm -hmm. and she's like, yeah, it's so weird because I'd been, I'd been like scared to come out to her because this one time we were in, I think they were in Portland of all places together. And the friend had said something like, like, wow, there are a lot of lesbians here. And because of that moment, years, years before, like this girl had just like, not wanted to tell her friend because it's like, and she's like, I told her and she was totally cool with it. And she was even a little hurt that it had taken me that long. And, she, and she's like, I said to her, well, you said this once. And first of all, the friend didn't remember saying of that. Course. It was like an offhand remark. And what I was saying is it's like, sometimes people are literally just visually taking stock of a situation that is not normal to them and it comes out in like a very sort of blunt way yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a processing <laughs> exactly that happens yeah. with some people where i'm like what like i yes. mean and not to go like i'm sorry to take it here but just <laughs> i like take it, girl. going dark um but like I learned that in a pretty intense way after my sister passed away because um, she committed suicide and people legit, I have had multiple people, the majority of which I had just met, like was having mm -hmm. an initial conversation with ask how she killed herself. Wow. Like, and it, and this happened so soon afterwards that I wasn't in a place to even defend myself. I just was like, you know what? I don't want to talk about it. That was about as m far as I could get. Now I would be like much more outspoken about how inappropriate that is for somebody to ask. And why the hell would you ask something like that? But it's uh, what I think of it like, it's like, it's almost like, um, it's like the verbal or conversational equivalent of rubbernecking. 
where it's like yeah. you see something that is like off or some sort like in this case my sister gets like some sort of like carnage right and you're just mm. like what's happening there it's like it brings out like the most base sort of i, I don't like base sense of curiosity yeah base curiosity and what, also the entitlement what? of the like entitlement. why you think you have a right to know that or to ask that it's like anytime someone does pose a question like the ones we're talking about it does make me be like oh you must fall right in the quote-unquote normal spectrum where all of like media and society is catered to you (laughs) so you're just used to being able to ask whatever you want because Because there are no consequences to anything that you yeah it's like jesus christ people yeah just being out there visibly helps people yeah yep because uh I mean, there was a transgender man in my building when I came out that had not come out. And I didn't even know. Uh, we'd pass each other on, on the bridge coming, going to lunch. And I didn't know he was a trans man until uh, transgender uh, pride. He happened to be manning a table at transgender oh, pride. He wow. saw me, he came running up to me. Oh, that's I'm amazing. So glad you came out because that gave me the courage to come out. Oh, that's, yes. that is so That's what it's beautiful. all about. Yeah. Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, Here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately, my life has gotten way, way, way more busy, and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And... There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Y'all, do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli. And it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor, they make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious, 
Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to eighteen meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are one hundred percent ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com/comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off. That's code comingoutpod50 at factormeals.com/comingoutpod50. Get 50% off. Bye. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain—maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over forty, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. Ninety-one percent of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I have to say, I I actually really um I've been pretty in awe of the um trans community over the past couple of years mm-hmm. and the strides that like your entire community has has taken um, a short amount in of a time. short amount of time. It's like it's been so brave and so admirable and so for me, for me as a um bisexual person it's been really enviable too because like we lack that kind of visibility and i feel like i've been taking pages a little bit recently out of like the trans movement because mm-hmm. it is so much that it's it's when you can see someone or when someone is saying hey i am this in a public way whether it's that they're actually showing it or they're saying it online or whatever mm-hmm. it is it inspires that in somebody else i mean it just gives someone yeah. else permission to say like me too i am too and now i'm not alone and we can be this together and we can create community and actually one friend at the beach was transgender and i didn't know one friend where at the beach oh the really beach? <gasps> where you go like every sunday every oh, that's amazing God. i had no idea she was transgender that's incredible wow. she was so still <laughs> when i came out she hug me and says, I'm glad you came out because it makes it easier on me. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That, oh, that oh that reminds me of a question. Um, so when you were saying uh, that you that you always knew you were, quote unquote, different in some way, or you'd go sit with your sister, or even just a story about taking birth control pills that weren't, I mean, they weren't prescribed to they you, right? You, yeah, exactly. I just happened to be cleaning the bathroom right. and they had fallen in a crack. And I go, what's that? That's and I dug them out. That like... That gut need to be like, but do you think that, um, cause at least for me, even being in the queer community, I wasn't super aware of like, of like even the term transgender until maybe like five, six, seven years ago. Do you think that if you were growing up in a time where it was more present, you would have connected the dots sooner? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's so mm. it's so amazing because it did sound and if I'm putting words in your mouth, please stop me. But it did sound like like you're saying you had these these gut instincts or urges or whatever you want to call them, 
but it didn't feel like an identity to you. It just felt like I know I was different. Right. It was kind of like, okay, this is my secret. I can't tell uh, anybody because yeah. people are not going to approve. Uh huh. Um, and I would justify it somehow that it was not transgender related. Mm-hmm. Like when I started shaving my armpits, it was, they'll smell less. Sure. Yeah. Huh. We're so uh, good at justifying everything. Yeah. It's the brain is like really admirable when you're trying to like deny something. Then I started sitting to pee and that was because I don't want to splash. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, oh my God. And it was that night when I'm going back through my life, I go, uh-huh. uh-huh. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Oh. And, uh, there was something there. Cause, uh, my second grade teacher saw something. Huh. Um, I don't know if she even knew what it was. But she would put me on the girls' team. Uh, when we were playing kickball, she'd ask me to join the girls. In like a benevolent yeah, way? Yeah, in like a kind way? Yeah. That's wow. great. Yeah. Wow. And she also That's saw huge. my interest in science. She would give me science books that were above grade level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she obviously saw something, and I, I didn't realize that at the time. Oh, that's so fascinating. I love, that's like, why helpers. teachers are so important, yeah. and yeah. we should pay them more. Yes. Um, <laughs> whole other topic. Um, I remember her, but I don't remember her name. That's, that's okay. She loved, she made, yeah, yeah, the impression is the important part. Yes. She's and, out there uh, listening like, my name was Sylvia, god damn it. <laughs> and then my sister's boyfriend saw something as well, because he asked my sister if I was gay. Mm. And I've never identified as gay. Mm, yeah. So then I, I do have a question about that, and like, I'm... I hesitate to ask because I'm not, I, I don't want to sound, I don't know how to ask it. So I'm just going to try to ask it. So then in like, you know, all of these mental gymnastics that we all play with each other, like with ourselves when we're not ready to come out and we're like, well, that's because of that thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, like we were just talking about. So then the fact that you liked women, do you feel like that was, did you ever in your head go like, well, I can't identify as women because I like women. Was that ever a thought process or no? I think it was more, I can't be a woman because I don't like women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even though the majority of my sexual fantasies involve me, involve me being a woman. Oh, that's so interesting. So. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So you were envisioning an alternate version of yourself. Yeah. Wow. And uh, during puberty, I was wishing there were some magical way for me to be a woman. Oh, gosh. Uh, but I never connected it. I'm transgender. Again, I think because the word wasn't the word out the there. Examples the word there. wasn't out there. Uh, I grew up in Mexico at the uh, most welcoming community uh, for LGBT people uh-huh. at the time. My dad was super religious, yeah. super strict. So it's like I just internalized everything I withdrew from life, basically. Uh, yeah. I, I became very silent. Uh, my mom noticed that I was silent. Uh, part of it is I, I didn't want my voice to break. Hmm. And I fought that for as long as I could. I didn't want facial hair. And I got lucky in that department because it came very late. <laughs> yeah, I was probably about 22 when I really started having 
uh, facial hair. And at that point, I was shaving two, three times a day because wow. I just couldn't stand it. Yep. Then I got tired of shaving, so I started plucking. Then I got tired of plucking, and I got to find a more permanent solution. So I bought a, an electrolysis machine and started doing my own electrolysis. You did your own? That is admirable. <laughs> I did most of the face. Uh, there were some areas I couldn't quite get to. Yeah. So then I started going to a professional electrolysis to finish yeah. the job. So by the time I actually came out, I pretty much didn't have any facial hair. Oh, that's amazing. Nice. <laughs> I'm in that process with my electrolysis right now. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah, that's oh, a she's, shaved, she's like my second mom, which is great. Oh. <laughs> so that's a just conversation for another time. But um Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I was going to actually ask about the Catholicism aspect of this, if that had anything to do with the internalized. I think it did. Yeah. Because uh, now I'm completely a-religious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't stand religion. Yeah. I mean, I respect that people have faith, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of that. Yeah. yeah. It's so upsetting, like... I know I'm sure this is a theme that will come up again on this podcast because religion has really done a number on, on the LGBT community yep. <laughs> uh, over many, many years. Um, but at, like, it sucks because as a person, like I consider myself a person of faith, but I don't as- ascribe really to any one religion. Like I, I grew up Christian, but in like, potentially the most accepting environment you could possibly imagine. Like my mm-hmm. church is um, United Church of Christ. And if you like go to their website, I think there's probably a rainbow flag, like on the freaking <laughs> homepage. Like it's like that kind of thing. And, um, and even in the nineties and even like kind of as, as things were happening, they were at the forefront oh, of amazing. that, uh, of catching on kind of, you know, and I, I, so I grew up in this way where it didn't have to be at odds and it makes me incredibly sad every single time I talk to any of my queer friends who have divorced themselves from religion because of such having such negative experiences with it growing up. Yeah. Um, Cause like, of course it shouldn't have to be that way. And I, and the idea of treating religion like so many people do like this exclusive club is gross to me. And so besides the point. Yeah. I mean, I realized how, far away from religion I am when I had pneumonia and I was hospitalized and I knew I could die oh, mm. and the chaplain came by and said do you need me to pray for you and I go no I don't mm. uh, but thanks for coming yeah, <sighs> yeah. wow yeah and uh, I realized at that point yeah. I don't need religion right because uh, if you're ever going to be like uh, yeah that, just in case that's the that moment the but moment. you were like no and that's the moment where most people find religion exactly and it but, wasn't there for me but for you it's like it, and correct me if I'm wrong but it, it almost feels like science is your religion in that way though like yeah. the way that you know like yeah, the way that I feel like a lot of scientists and whether they're, you know, doctors, uh, like medical doctors or physicists or whomever, you know, it's like that way of looking at the universe is incredibly fulfilling Mm -hmm. and enlightening and gives you that same kind of like, oh my God, the, the, how incredible is the universe? That kind of like awe inspiring feeling, I feel it like can absolutely be derived from science as well. It's just yeah. a different path. For some people, it's yeah, music. Actually use that yeah. Phrase, science is my religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to me, science is the closest we can come to the truth. 
because we were just talking about how visibility is so important. If there was any like, like message you could give to, to like kids out there who are, who are wondering if they're trans or just, is there anything like you wish you had heard when, when you were figuring things out? Not to be afraid and to just do it. Um, even if you encounter some negativity, it's still worth it because it changes your life for the better. Uh, I mean, that was one of the things I considered when I was thinking, how do I come out? And realizing at this point I have to come out, it does not matter what happens. If I lose my job, I lose my job, I'll find another one. If I lose friends, I'll find others. So, Yeah. yeah. And, I, and you were fortunate and that neither of none, those things even happen. Yeah. Yeah. I realized there was one thing I forgot to ask. Um, and I know this is backtracking a little, but I'm like, so curious. Yeah. So, um, so how do you like, I don't want to say, a, there, I'm sure there's not a hierarchy, but like, how do you express your lesbian identity as well? Like how That's do you feel about the lesbian community and your, you know, your own place in it, your own pride about it, or? Well, I mean, I, I'm pride, prideful of both aspects of my, of my background. Uh, but I'm more involved right now with the transgender community. Sure. Uh, I think the transgender community needs more support right yeah. now. Amen. Uh, lesbians seem to be, by and large, accepted mm -hmm. uh, whether whereas uh, transgender people were still losing uh, several dozen every year uh, transgender women getting killed uh, just for being transgender mm -hmm. uh, but I mean for pride I have a set of earrings uh, that has all the flags mm -hmm. has the uh, LGBT flag has the transgender flag and it has the uh, that's been fun. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, nice. Where did you get nice. those? I made them. Oh, yes. that's so cool. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's I, awesome. I need something to express who I am. Yeah. 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 Um, yes, so this is all to say thank you, uh, our queer community, for listening. And yes. all of our allies who are listening right now, thank you. We, we really appreciate yes, you as well. You. And Kira, thank you so much. Um, I, <laughs> uh, I wanted to also ask all of you out there listening, uh, we wanted to ask if you wouldn't mind going onto iTunes and, uh, rating us, I mean, reviewing us, um, I mean, only if it's five stars, obviously. Yeah, if it's not, then, <laughs> then screw it and, and please, please don't. don't. Um, no, but if, if you, if you like this podcast, if you like what we're doing, uh, if you could just go onto iTunes, if you don't have an iPhone, it's cool. You can literally go to iTunes, like the actual website, uh, which we have links to in our profile. Mm -hmm. Um, and just uh, rate it on there. Uh, write a nice little yeah, if you quick review. Write even just one word. Neat! Exclamation point. <laughs> Sarah, did your work Great. for you. Awesome. Uh, we would really, really appreciate it. It just helps us um, get the word out. It helps potential sponsors see that like you guys like this and want us to keep going. So um, thank you so much for thank listening. You thank you for reviewing us. And um, if you would like to find us on social media, we are at Coming Out Pod, or you can go to comingoutpod.com. Um, I am at Nicole Payson. I am at Lauren Flans on Twitter and Lauren underscore Flans on Instagram. And Kira, uh, anywhere that people yeah. can find you? I'm on Facebook. Uh, 
I think I'm going to ask Kira Ferrari without my middle names. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So Kira Ferrari on Facebook. Um, thank you again so much. We, we loved having you on. Yes, really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and yeah, guys. So uh, hashtag coming out pod. Hashtag find, find Ricky. Ricky. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.